this is your host Corbin, and this is your guide for Richard Donner's Superman the Movie. Before we get into the making of the film, allow me to take you back to 1978 to remember the top movies released that year. They were Grease, The Deer Hunter, which would go on to win Best Picture the following year, Dawn of the Dead, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Animal House, Watership Down, Jaws 2, Midnight Express, The Lord of the Rings, and Magic. Listeners, if you have not heard of Magic, go watch it. It is a forgotten horror movie. It is great. From that year, we have reviewed Halloween. Links to that review are in the show notes below. If you'd like to reminisce more about the films of 78, then head over to letterbox.com and make sure to follow me and Alan over there. Links to our profiles are below. At the 50th Academy Awards, Best Picture went to Annie Hall. Also, one of the top movies released that year is the movie Girlfriends. Now, while I have never seen it, I did see Alan watched it recently and gave it a fairly high rating. He wrote his short thoughts on Letterboxd, so go ahead and check that out. And seeing this was one of the top movies of 1978 and how much Alan liked it, I'm very curious to go check it out. Producer Ilya Salkin kickstarted the process for making a Superman movie. He began working on it back in 1974 and wouldn't see his work come to fruition until four years later. Once the rights were secured, they approached all of the big actors and directors of the time, such as Clint Eastwood, James Caan, Al Pacino, even Muhammad Ali. As for directing, they were looking at George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, Francis Ford Coppola, or William Friedkin, who did The Exorcist. Lucas was already committed to Star Wars, and Spielberg had to prove himself, yeah, he had to prove himself to these producers, with Jaws. Well, Jaws was a huge success, and Spielberg didn't have any interest in doing a Superman movie because he had already moved on to do Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Most surprisingly of all, they got Mario Puzo, yes, the Mario Puzo creator of The Godfather, to write the script for the film, earning him a $600,000 paycheck. Puzo turned in an unfilmable 500-page script, which would have translated to about 500 minutes, but that would be across Superman and Superman 2, Still, you're looking at uh, eight to ten hour movie. They were planning on shooting the films back to back. Marlon Brando was signed as Superman's father, Jarrell, for a whopping nineteen million dollars, making him one of the highest paid actors at the time. He refused to learn his lines and even asked if Jarrell could appear as a green suitcase or bagel. But thankfully, he was persuaded to appear in person. He did throw a major wrench in shooting locations, though. The film was set to film in Italy, but there was a warrant out for Brando's arrest for an obscenity charge while filming the highly controversial NC-17 film, The Last Tango, in Paris. Richard Donner was hired to direct after producers were impressed with his work on The Omen. And speaking of which, The Omen 2 came out the same year as Superman. And speaking of The Omen, it and Superman both involve kids not from this world. Except one wants to destroy it. Donner essentially threw out Puzo's script because by that point it had ballooned to 550 pages and had rewrites from other writers featuring a campy tone, including a cameo by Telly Savalas, who was on TV as Kojak at the time. Tom Mankiewicz, much to the ire of the Writers Guild of America, rewrote the script, which was ultimately used for filming. After being turned down by Robert Redford, Burt Reynolds, Paul Newman, and denying Arnold Schwarzenegger, forgetting about Sylvester Stallone, they did finally settle on Patrick Wayne as Superman. Patrick Wayne was John Wayne's son. Unfortunately, Patrick dropped out once he learned about his father's cancer diagnosis. They then decided to go with a relative unknown. After screening hundreds of candidates, they finally settled on Christopher Reeve. 
Ironically, Reeve was one of the first suggestions of casting director Lynn Stallmaster, but he was considered too skinny and young. After accepting the role, Reeve put on over 20 pounds of muscle. While shooting the film, Donner decided to stop shooting for Superman 2 and just focus on shooting the first film instead. At the time, he had 75% of the sequel completed. Ultimately, this would turn into a major controversy, which we'll discuss next week. After the film's theatrical release, an extended cut was prepared to be shown on television, clocking in at 3 hours and 8 minutes, adding an extra 40 minutes of footage. Donner was not a fan of that version. Another version, titled the Special Edition Director's Cut, released in 2000, was released on home video by Warner Archive in a two-pack containing the extended and director's cut. The special edition is considered the definitive edition of the movie. Superman was ultimately released Friday, December 15, 1978, just in time for Christmas, playing off of those messianic themes there, I see. So as far as runtime goes, the theatrical version still clocks in at a pretty hefty 2 hours and 23 minutes, which was the longest entry in the franchise until the fifth installment, Superman Returns, came out at a pretty strong 2 hours and 33 minutes. So it should be no surprise across the board, this is the strongest entry as far as scores go. 3.6 on IMDb, the likes of which we really won't see ever again in this series. 7.4 on IMDb, pretty high. 81 on Metascore, not the highest in the series actually, that goes to the sequel. 94% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes with an 86% audience approval rating. So you can see audiences and critics alike loved this movie. Now, it had a $55 million budget, which at the time was one of the biggest budgets, if not the biggest budget, of any movie to date. Now, it did open with $7.4 million, number one at the box office. The As for tracking box office back then, um, they didn't do a very good job of it. All I know is that it was dethroned its second week by Every Which Way But Loose. Now, domestically, it did gross $134.4 million in the foreign markets, $166 million for a worldwide total of $300.4 million, and this is including its numerous re-releases as well. Now, Superman did receive four Academy Award, well, technically three nominations, and then one special award, which we'll talk about at the 51st Academy Awards, which was very impressive, especially this was a superhero movie. This really hadn't been done before, and we'll talk about that when we do the review next week, but this was really something new of its kind. Now, superhero movies are just a dime a dozen nowadays. This really was where it all started and really where it paved the way. Now, superheroes had existed in comics, and of course, there was the Batman movie, which, I mean, was a theatrical movie, so we can't really say this was the first theatrical superhero movie, but the first one to get mainstream serious recognition, especially we see it at the Oscars here. So it was actually nominated, Stuart Bard was for film editing. It did lose out to The Deer Hunter, which I said won Best Picture. It went up against Midnight Express, The Boys from Brazil, and Coming Home. Uh, was also nominated for Best Original Score. John Williams, the probably the greatest composer of all time. He did Star Wars. He did you know Indiana Jones, so many famous things. He was nominated, but he did lose out to Giorgio Morador 
from Midnight Express. Alan and I actually have talked about him before. Um, he did rescore um, Metropolis in his own way. Um, interestingly enough, it went up against Heaven Can Wait. I, I don't know the score for that movie, but I had no idea it was nominated for an Oscar. The Boys from Brazil and Days of Heaven, who was done by Ennio Morricone, who did the good, the bad, and the ugly score, um, The Ecstasy of Gold. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it right after this podcast. And then finally, it was nominated for Best Sound. Um, the Deer Hunter did win, went up against Hooper, The Buddy Holly Story, and once again, Days of Heaven. And for the Special Achievement Award, it did actually win for visual effects. Interestingly enough, visual effects were not an award at this point. This is when it was coming into its own. And I know we didn't talk about it here in the guide. There is a lengthy summary you can find online or on the DVD special features about how they achieve these visual effects. But as you can see, this was a really big deal and it caused the Academy to take notice. Thank you listeners for coming along with me as I have been your guide to the production and impact of this film. Now that you have your guide to Superman, make sure to subscribe to the podcast for my full review coming next Monday. And tune in the week after as we return for Superman 2. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide.